0: Sure of everything top fives presented by the sex effects i'm joey parati and i'm sean day and folks we're wearing sunglasses tonight why (laughs) it's our 190th episode and we felt like just a couple of cool cats changing things up (laughs) y'all changing things up also really paying homage to the great djs of the day who all wore sunglasses as they spun funky tunes (laughs) so a shout out cheers (laughs) 290 episodes <laughs> um we got we got some good lists in store for you this evening uh but before we get to all that Jonathan, how are you my dear friend
1: uh i'm doing good man um it's been kind of a funky week just uh my sleeping schedule is just kind of all over the place i've been trying to slowly get back into the groove of uh waking up a little bit earlier these days but uh yeah i mean yeah i'm in the middle right you know uh, i think uh just getting, um, you know, it's it's great, like, I feel like in the last week or two I've been uh, looking at different types of, uh, from our last episode we were talking about vinyls, and, you know, I've been kind of searching the stores, and um, been doing a bit of uh, vinyl hunting, and as well as listening to a lot of, like, music that's coming out, uh, Homie's Death and Taxes uh, released a single as well this last week, so... Uh shout out to those guys. But um yeah, um I don't know, this it's you know, trying obviously trying to find the best and, and be productive out of each week, but um it is great to also have like other creators and, and people release things and and um you know, have new things to listen to or to watch or whatnot. So um yeah. Just gonna just trying to just uh just to keep keep going and yeah, it's been a it's been a cool week so far.
0: Right yeah. on, man.
1: Very how, good. How are you, Joey? How you doing, dude?
0: I'm just so folk. You look so cool in sunglasses, like your hair and your sunglasses <laughs> meet. And it's just, I just look like a freaking like a dad or something, and you just look awesome. No, um,
1: I it's, 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 it's the shades that play. It looks good.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, it's we also talking- an homage to uh, Guy <laughs> Guy Patterson.
1: Yeah, that thing Very, you do. Love that movie. It's one of my favorites. I gotta I gotta do a rewatch on that movie. I haven't watched it this year yet so i always try to watch um, it like once a year
0: yeah i think i last watched that when my folks came to visit me when i was still living in monterey
1: hey it
0: was the whole family It's like our family movie um it's kind of a weird one i like it i like it it's such a great movie <laughs> um all right how am i i'll tell you how i am I'm all right, you know. Is you know, it's not bad. Um, it is my mother's birthday tomorrow. We're recording oh, this on a Tuesday, uh, but th- it comes out Friday. So Wednesday was her birthday. Uh, happy birthday to my mom. She's amazing. She, I don't think, watches or listens to this show. Um, so this is kind of like posting on on Twitter about her birthday because she's not on Twitter. You know what I mean? Like it's like. But happy birthday, mom! I love you. And uh, and without her, we wouldn't have this show because I wouldn't be around. Oh. So, thank you for making <laughs> it all possible.
1: Yeah, uh, <laughs> thank you, mom. <laughs>
0: thank you, mom. Um, oh, I got some exciting news. Okay, what's what's the news? I got what my typewriter back. Oh, oh, nice! I got him back from, uh, from a from a clean and a polish. Yo, and it a looks
1: wow, it looks really. Um, it looks really good.
0: Yeah, it does, and it types like a dream. So uh, shout-out to Los Altos Typewriter and Business Machines because they did a really nice job. Um, It was super nice, and uh, I I highly recommend. So there you go. There you go. It's kind of a short time, but it's made my week really nice, like getting, like, after work, sitting at the typewriter and just, you know, banging out a page or two, and it's just like it puts you in a certain mood, and, you know, the, the... the good kind of self-loathing comes out and goes down on the page, and it's, it's awesome. I love it. Um, so that's all I've been doing. doing. Doing well.
1: That's cool, man. Doing quite well.
0: Yeah. yeah that's cool. I'm cool. glad you
1: got your talk writer, because I was, I was like waiting for the update on it. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, what's it getting back? So that's yeah. cool,
0: um, Yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a tough week without it, but we managed. <laughs> we managed.
1: Um, anything in the news this week, Jonathan? Uh Man... I, I've been kind of a, away from all the news lately, uh this week, but um I'm sure there's something that's dropped this week, right? Take something, right?
0: Did you hear the news about Star Wars?
1: No, no, so yeah, nothing okay. I haven't heard anything from the Star Wars uh realm. So what do we got? What do we got? So
0: so this um is classified as rumor, although it comes from uh uh Dictor von Doomcock on, on YouTube. Uh, and he was right on the money about the Return of the Jedi leaks and all these different behind-the-scenes things, things that have panned out to be true. So I'm okay. inclined to believe him. And uh, he has reported that you know not only is Kathleen Kennedy stepping down, she's already done at Disney and Lucasfilm at uh, Lucasfilm, and um, they were trying to figure out who to replace her. Now, okay, apparently. It's rumored that there were three different endings to Rise of Skywalker. Um, Hmm. And one of them, because they were trying to fix the movie, because they knew what they had on their hands. Um, To fix the movie, they brought in one of the one of the endings was directed by George Lucas. What? Apparently. This is all rumor. But I'm inclined to believe. Um, and uh, they'll say we're part of the fandom menace. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, so George Lucas apparently shot one of these endings and it was the best one. And uh, Kathleen Kennedy didn't go for it. Now the rumor is that it sounds like Lucasfilm could come back. Or Lucas, George Lucas could come back to head Lucasfilm. With John Favreau being like his second in charge of like production of like movies and creation of TV shows and things like that for Disney plus. Yeah. But Lucas had these stipulations that he gets to do his sequel trilogy. Um, fuck. There were a few like stipulations, but they were big and Disney was like, when do you start? Oh, that the original films can never be altered, that they can never alter the original hit six or whatever. Uh, okay. That Disney has to f- hands off forever. Um, what I'm telling you, you're, you're hearing about George Lucas coming back for the very first time. I want to know what your what your um, thought process kn- is on. I it.
1: don't know. I mean, like honestly, I I mean I I mean I, I mean I, I feel like I'm a huge Star Wars fan. I love Star Wars. Um, I love the universe, the world. Um, you know, I'm, I'm very attached to the original three films and. You know, if I had it my way, the, you know, just I would stick with those three films. And I think that's the greatest uh thing we have as, as choo- you know, choosing what we like. And, you know, I mean, you can always just consider those like your Star Wars. Um And, you know, the recent trilogy with under Disney and all that, it was a, you know, it was definitely different. I, I was when like the Force Awakens came out when we when we went to go see it, you know, it's it was moment. like it was a big moment, man. Like, it's like Star Wars coming back into our lives. And, you know, I was really excited about that. And, you know, it's just, it's just tough. Cause, um, you know, I guess the world that they're trying to create, I still feel like it's, it's still been kind of grounded. And I, I think they're doing, you know, I haven't seen any of the other animated TV shows, but I feel like they're starting to, you know, expand the lore a little bit more, um, to probably allow for other stories that are not revolving around the original cast members and the original, um, uh, you know, the Skywalker kind of saga that we have. So, um, that's, that's where I, I stand on like star Wars. Like I'm ready for some new stories in this world. Um, you know, I think it's strange to think that, you know, like star Wars, you know, under Disney, like this is kind of like how star Wars is being done. It it has its specific look and formula or whatnot. Um, you know, I, I I enjoyed the Mandalorian and, and some of the like some of the now Disney Plus content they have. Um, you know, it's it's cool. I, I, I'm glad they're pushing some different stories, but you know, at the same time, there's still that connecting thing of like we got to stay kind of slowly connected to the other, you know, sagas or whatever. But I don't know. George Lucas coming back. I, I you know I didn't thoroughly enjoy the uh, the prequels. Um, at the same time, this is the guy who created it you know, from the beginning and created that world. And, you know, he's probably the closest to that, you know, to that world uh, in in a, in a sense. So, you know, having him come back and, and be a part of this, like could be a good thing to show like where, and it's, and it's, it sucks because there's been a lot of, you know, love and hate on, on Lucas. Right. You know, with the prequels, everyone just kind of hates on it. Um, and where it went from there. So, but you know, at the same time, he's yeah. Again, he's the he's the kind of creator of of Star Wars, and you know, where I don't know if he has a lot of influence on where it's at now. Um, and so that's kind of interesting having it come back to him. So I don't know. I I, I think that's very interesting, and you know, I I am. I, I would love to see more stuff done by other directors and and you know, kind of different stories. And I think John Favreau is, I think he's just like thinking of all the movies he's done and like his now huge, uh, huge role with Disney right now is is uh, incredible. Where he's come through his career, um, and you know, I feel like he kind of understands those characters in a way. Um, so I, I don't know, man. I I, th- I think it would be cool. Uh, yeah, like. But at the same time, it's like, I don't know, like, did they already sever that, you know, that kind of thing when the when Disney took, you know, over the Star Wars franchise? No. Yeah. And is this another kind of like, you know, hey, if we put it back into the original creators hands or at least has some sort of say in it, you know, will that make it make fans of Star Wars and probably people who maybe didn't like the last set of films? would that bring people back or maybe get people more interested in star wars or will it probably be a negative thing where it's like, maybe, you know, maybe it's not going to further where star Wars can go, I guess, if you bring back the original creator, I don't know. It's kind of, a, it's, it's a tough one, you know, because, uh, did he have any influence on the Disney like the last Disney trilogy? That was all Disney. No,
0: he gave them his notes apparently under the, belief that disney was going to stick pretty closely to them and they threw it all out so he felt betrayed from the word go you know
1: yeah
0: um yeah man i what do you think I, i'm kind I, of i kind of love it. this i'm yeah. kind of on board yeah like <sighs> star wars was the biggest franchise in the world but you think about the mcu right That is currently the biggest franchise in the world. And yes, there is one producer at the helm, uh, Kevin Feige. Um, But those are just, they're pre-made characters. It's a pre-made fan base. It's, um, it doesn't really matter who you put in the role. It's going to work because that is Captain America. That is Iron Man. Like, we'll get over not having Downey Jr. or Hugh Jackman or, you know what I mean? Like. Star Wars, for as big as it was, it was different. It was more personal. Um, It came from one guy. Now, of course, there's rumors that he stole it all from this comic book. I'm also inclined to believe that. I don't know. I don't know enough about it to say one way or the other. Um, But let's, let's say he did create it all from scratch and it all came from him. There's something intangible, even, even in the prequels, which I don't aren't, they're not good movies. And the guy hadn't directed a movie since A New Hope. Like I think we all kind of collectively think, oh yeah, Lucas directed the originals. No, he didn't. He directed the first one. Just um, the first, yeah. Just the first one. Um Irvin Kirshner directed Empire and Richard Marquan? Return of the Jedi. Um so You know, his filmography is THX 1138, um, I want to say Happy Days, American Graffiti, Star Wars, Episode 1, 2, and 3. That's it.
1: That's it. As a filmmaker.
0: You know what I mean? And he was more concentrated on evolving the technology. Like, people forget Jar Jar Binks was our first fully CGI character interacting with humans in a a feature-length motion picture. Like... Say what you want about Jarger. He's obnoxious. He's not well-written. He is groundbreaking. He is the first of his kind, and it's all we fucking see today. He's, yeah. you know, the reason why Spider-Man can, can, can be completely CGI, even when they have the suit that someone made with their hands. Let's just paint over it with CGI. Great. Cool. Um, I... trying to think of like the best way to phrase this you know what i mean like i want to see lucas like you know there is a noticeable difference between the original trilogy and the sequel trilogy or the first the the original and the prequels versus the sequel right because they go from being this personal expression even if it's not a good expression of art it's someone's personal thing like lucas paid for those movies practically with his own money right to see it become just an IP. That is what is heart, most heartbreaking to me about Disney Star Wars. Is that it's just another piece of IP. You know what I mean? It's To me, Star Wars has lost some of its prestige. Maybe that's because we get a movie every year. Maybe it's because... You know, it f- falls into that generic Disney nice, good... Thing that is just kind of it's inoffensive it's just kind of nothing you know what I mean um, I'm hating on Disney I love their shit but I mean a lot of it is just like come on you know um, Yeah. I'd be very curious if Lucas got to do whatever the hell he wanted we're gonna see something new you know what I mean like that's for for you know you talk about wanting to see Star Wars go off in different directions thing is They've been allowed to all this time, and they haven't, right? Even yeah. those the one-off stories—they're sticking to the original. Lucas's biggest gripe with the Force Awakens was that it didn't do anything new. So I think with Lucas at the helm, we will some- see something completely new. We will see something visionary and something personal, and I'm I'm all for that. Um, even if it's not good, I'd rather see a movie that's not. That's passionately made, even if it's not well made. Then I do r- r- any Rise of the Skywalker. No, thank you. I never want to see anything like. He had a costume change because of the Force. What the Emperor? You know what I'm talking about? At the end, he goes and the lightning strikes, and all of a sudden he has a costume
1: change. Yeah, I actually never noticed was that part. Thor was he Thor? <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, yeah I, I agree with you on that one. I think that's yeah. that's uh, for Lucas. George Lucas to come on board to to create maybe another trilogy or, or whatever it is with Disney is really, yeah, really uh, inducing his vision um, for what Star Wars, you know, could be. And, and I, f- I bet you there's a lot of ideas probably still going through his head about where he can take this, you know, Star Wars. Um, I, I am curious about that because it, it, it does, you know, you know, again, bringing back the, you know, the guy who created it all, you know, it's like you know, if, if I know there's probably going to be, you know, if anything, other directors or other, obviously there's going to be, you know, a team of people probably behind all that, but you know, at the same time, um, I think that's like, you know, especially for me, that's kind of like what, I don't know if average viewers these days, you know, I'm, I'm you know, there's, I'm kind of tired of the franchise stuff. I want to see like really gripping and, and very, you know, um, emotional storytelling. And I think, um, You know that's something that I feel like maybe even the average watcher is still is still looking for these days, Um, because you know yeah I mean good story good characters if you can bring that in there and you know I'm curious to see you know if George Lucas is behind a new Star Wars you know maybe see trilogy you know what kind of characters are they going to create for that and you know will it be something again you know outside of the Skywalker saga and. You know, and, and I wanna be able to really get connected to these characters as, as I was with Han Solo and Leia, you know, like but you yeah. know, again, really being able to drive home like you gotta, you know, create a really um captivating story and, and have characters that you can really relate to. And I think that's uh you know, that's still a big thing and I think that gets missed a lot in some of these franchises because, you know, it's it's usually a spectacle and and, you know, fan service and all that kind of shit. So, um, but I don't know. I'm curious about that. If that is true, I'm on board for sure. Um, Yeah. I would actually, that would break, uh, that would definitely be uh, a buzz for a lot of the, uh, internet nerds out there.
0: Yeah. It would, it uh, would get me reinterested. Uh,
1: yeah. 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 Right. Back in the, back in the game, back in the, the star Wars universe. Um,
0: yeah. You know? You yeah, know? no. know. Um, all right, right on. Yeah, that was some good news. Some good news. Some news? Um, Jonathan, shall we get to some lists, my friend?
1: Yeah. Let's do it.
0: Let's do it to it. Would you like me to go first? Would you like you to go first?
1: Uh, You go first, Joe. Okay, I'll go first. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> I've been watching this uh, TV show. Uh, it's an old TV show from 93 starring Bruce Campbell. Uh, hey. It's called briscoe county jr Ooh, um i've never seen that it's a western he is a bounty hunter the son of a gun down famous lawman um
1: Ooh, okay
0: yeah i believe played by lee emery i might be wrong um but yeah so anyway he is kind of the, i think the season-long arc the what i'm getting a sense of is that he's he needs to bring his uh father's murderer to justice and his gang and all that um Played by oh man I'm forgetting the guy's name. You remember the in, the Untouchables? Um, yes, yeah. The the kind of assassin guy in the white suit. Uh, he made him squeal like a pig. You know that guy? Yeah, oh, yeah. He's that. the villain in okay. in this. So it's Bruce County Junior versus or Bruce Campbell versus him, basically. And um, it's it's hokey. It's from 1993. It's you know, but it was kind of refreshing to watch something that was scripted every week. Uh, there's, there's, you know, it's not great acting, but it's acting. It's, uh, it's fun. It's, it doesn't take itself too seriously. It's a B picture, you know, it has fun with, with itself. And, um, and there's no CGI, which <sighs> music, music to my eyes. So, um, so I've been watching, and it's Bruce Campbell. I love Bruce Campbell. Anyway, this is all to say, it got me thinking about Westerns. And uh, I was looking back, and I don't believe that we've ever done our top five favorite westerns before. So, with that, Jonathan, after that long-winded explanation of how I got to this point, <laughs> what are your top five favorite westerns? Westerns,
1: man. Westerns. This one was kind of hard because uh, there's a lot of. Man, I have like this. My number five might not count. Um, oh, I would oh. consider it a Western. I mean, it's, it was made in the seventies. I don't know. <laughs> um, That's okay, I've got blazing saddles. It's a satirical Western. That absolutely
0: counts. Fantastic. Uh,
1: yeah. Directed by, uh, Mel Brooks. Um, yeah. Gene Wilder. It's great. It's about, uh, I mean, it's, it's probably one of my favorite, uh, like Mel Brooks movies too, out of, out of his whole collection. But, uh, yeah it's about a an african american uh sheriff in a little town and um gene wilder and uh, as his, like sidekick uh um uh i guess sidekick <laughs> yeah, sidekick i guess but yeah it's a it's a fun film it's it's definitely yeah satirical western so it's got a lot of like uh you know kind of the usual like western sticks like you know um you know kind of uh duels and that kind of stuff uh those kind of plays on those like uh specific situations that happen in westerns and for mel brooks uh he is a classic filmmaker in his own right and uh you know he he uses uh, a lot of uh, uh body humor and just kind of uh the way he acts and and kind of goes about creating uh humorous scenes and it's great, and I, I think it's one of my favorite Gene Wilder mo- movies too, because he 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 does a great job in it too as well. So, um, yeah, Blazing Saddles, man. It's it's you know so funny. I've never it,
0: seen Blazing Saddles.
1: It's it's a good it's a good film, and for like you know especially um, you know having uh, one having like the main uh, the main uh, character and and protagonist is a, a black sheriff in this town. And, you know, seeing, you know, having Mel Brooks uh, being able to create a film also to attack that kind of thing, too, you know, with, um, you know, be, having this kind of uh, this guy be the sheriff and the town's like, you know, how, how's this even possible, especially in like, I guess, the time period that it's set in. Um, and it just shows like, you know, there's a lot of different topics it it, it hits um, and can be very relatable to, to stuff that's going on today. And I always felt like that's what Mel Brooks did very well with his with his. Uh, um, his movies and his directing and very diverse and also wasn't afraid to kind of say what he wanted to say in, in his movies. Um, and it's great. It's a great little, you know, Western film, you know, buddy, buddy Western shootout kind of thing. Yeah. So I yeah, so, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of funny like little moments. Very, uh, it kind of reminds me of, uh, I always felt Mel Brooks always remind me of, um, uh, Monty Python. They always had like kind of similar. Oh, I see that. Humor. Yeah. So yeah, if you guys I like, like that. that, then I like this movie. So yeah, blazing saddles um for number five. Number Wonderful. four. I've got uh high noon, which is a a very tradition I would say a very traditional kind of western you know setting. You know, it's got you know the the kind of shootouts. Um I think I remember that's why like, they call it high noon, is like they're they're having like a shootout before noon or something like that. So but um you know, it's a typical kind of, you know, the hero kind of comes into the town and um, I think there's like some villains or robbers or whatever, thugs, and uh, they come in and, and, you know, there's this kind of, uh, kind of the usual tropes of, of Westerns, I would say. Um, it's oh. been years since I've seen the film, so I could hardly remember it. But um, yeah, for, for I, I, I noted it came out in 52, 1952. Um, so for, for that early on for Westerns, you know, I think the kind of 50s, 60s, 70s was like the prime time rate for like Westerns. And, um, I think, uh, it had all the elements of, you know, gunslinging cowboys saloons, like all, you know, the town and the, the landscape and the, you know, the nothingness of the, you know, the, the desert or sorry, the, you know, the, the, the world. So, um, yeah, high noon for number four. Another one I have not seen. Wonderful. Yeah, I'm learning. It's, it's, a good, it's a good one. I'm getting suggestions. I'm, I'm, I, I'm terrible at, I could not remember the actors in it, but it's, <laughs> it's yeah, one I remember good. the most. But um guy number three, you gotta have a John, uh, John Wayne film in there. Uh True Grit, nineteen sixty-nine. Um this one was kinda cool. It was like uh try, you know, the guy gets hired to try to find some some murderers and uh and yeah, it's this cool little story, especially with the, there's a, a young girl and this, I guess he's like a marshal or ex-marshal. Um, so, you know, there's this kind of interesting thing where, you know, they're trying to get justice for what's, what's happened. And, um, and this kind of small relationship builds between um, the marshal and this young lady. Um, there was a remake of the film, which had uh, uh who is in it? What's his name? The dude himself.
0: Uh, Jeff Bridges.
1: Jeff Bridges, yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I like this version, and John Wayne was kind of the kind of the staple. Like uh, he was the forefront of a lot of Western films during that time. Um, and you know, he. I think this was one of uh, the stronger ones I felt out of kind of his series of films. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's a very it's a very simple story, and I think that's what I always liked about Westerns. Is kind of like they're very. Usually very straightforward, like, you know, this is what's going to happen. You know, this person stole this, you know, killed this person. So we're going to go, you know, it's like very straightforward stories. And that's what I loved about Westerns. And, of course, being cowboys and, you know, gunslinging and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah, true get for number three. And for number two, I got I guess my my one and two are kind of in the same camp because they come from the same trilogy. But I got a fiscal dollars for number two. And uh the good, the bad, the ugly for number one. Nice. Part of the uh the trilogy, um with Clint Eastwood starring as the I guess he's like the unnamed man or he's not really named in the in the trilogy. They don't really give him a name, which is kinda cool.
0: <laughs> don't they call him Blondie at one point? But I guess that's more of a nickname.
1: Yeah. The man yeah. with no
0: name trilogy. That's what's yeah, called. Yeah,
1: the man with no name, yeah. And Blondie, yeah, he, oh, what's in The Good, Bad, the Ugly, the, the other dude calls him uh, Blondie, like, the whole time. But it's great, because it, it. I feel like it's peak Clint Eastwood. Um, I think Fistful of Dollars was Clint Eastwood's, like, first Western. First big,
0: like, spaghetti Western.
1: Yeah, so that was really cool to, you know, like, see that movie and, and just watching it and, you know, and then the other movies that follow, you could just see his progression as being this, you know, this huge star from these films and like, um, and the essence of like spaghetti Westerns and, um, there's a lot of different elements. I always love the music too. And, um, and yeah, it's in the, in the whole so trilogy. Good. So, yeah. And I, again, kind of like, I mean, that's why good, the bad, the ugly is number one for me. Um, there's a great scene kind of near the third half of the film. And, uh, it's a, it's a showdown pretty much between the three dudes, um, in the movie. And, um, it's great. Cause it's like, it, it's like uh the tension they build especially with all the shots it's a very iconic thing where they focus on the the eyes just the eyes of the person in the frame and all three of these men you know just standing and staring at each other before they shoot you know do the shoot off and um it's for for me like watching it like i still feel very tense when i watch it because they they just find a great way to to translate that you know these three guys just waiting on you know on the uh, verge of death and, you know, not knowing who's going to, you know, draw first and, and, you know, just seeing that even in a movie that came out in like the sixties, you know, it's just like the, the amount of uh, attention and and detail to that to create that, you know, that feeling. Um, And that's why I love movies. You know, they give you those kind of feelings and, you know, I, I always loved those movies for it and they're, and they still hold up. They're very classic Western films, man. You know, like, Oh, big time. Clint Eastwood with the you know with that like you know he's just the way he walks and the the way he carries himself and he's just so freaking sly and and cool. He's wonderful. <laughs> so.
0: I think a fistful of dollars might be my favorite one out of that
1: trilogy. Yeah, it's the good bad uh, the it's good the bad, ugly. The second I always one's felt was it long.
0: Too. Yeah, it is very long.
1: It's a, it's a long, um, long and I, I'm, it's yeah. due for a rewatch for me for sure. But same, um, I don't remember a lot of it. Yeah, I actually, I haven't seen all the movies like, like Chip I haven't marathoned, like. I haven't marathoned them together, like just one after the other to really Me see, neither. like, but, um, I don't know. They're, they're cool. I like him. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. I uh, like your so, list, man. That's a very good list. Thanks, dude. I wish I had more fun. I I, I got to bring some more fun facts to some of these movies in the future. because No, no, no. I think the reading that, that Fistful of Dollars uh, was uh, Clint Eastwood's first uh, West, like kind of his first of those, like that was really cool. Like it kind of put me in the mind state of like, oh, man, like now watching this movie, like it's it's kind of cool watching it back. And then you're like, oh, man, like he's in for a ride for the next few, you know, Westerns he's going to be in. And he's gonna become one of the most iconic like people to play you know at cowboy and and you know someone in that movie, so yeah, Joey. Cool. Wh- okay, I want to hear yours, man because i I know you've got a lot of classic <laughs> westerns under your belt. What do you got for us this week
0: this you know, I didn't realize how many westerns I really liked, you know <laughs> i this this list was a lot tougher than I thought it was gonna be um, I'm gonna go right off the bat because I'm gonna say I'm not counting uh. Like I really love Django and Chain, and if I if I ca- categorized it as a western, it would be on this list. But um, Tarantino himself ca- categorized it as a southern, and um, and it's a Tarantino flick. I don't really count it with these other. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, an, it's in a <laughs> genre all its own. So um, I just kind of want to make that blanket statement before I dive into my list. We good?
1: Yeah, that's cool. fine. Cool. All That's right,
0: fun. we're good, we're good, we're good. All right, um, cool. Number five, I'm going to go Young Guns.
1: Young Guns, dude, yeah. I
0: love Young Guns. It's ridiculous, and it's terrible, and I love it. Um, the only one like that I, I'm sad, it's another bad one that I'm sad I had to leave off my list, was American Outlaws. Um, it, it's in the same vein. It's, you know, young Hollywood heartthrobs playing these Outlaws, uh, poorly written scripts made to look them make them look like the good guy. Hardly any shreds of truth. Um, Emilio Estevez as Billy the Kid. That's inspired. That's wonderful. Um, Kiefer Sutherland. Um, Charlie Sheen's in it for a little bit. Um, it's a it's a good time. It's not good, but it's a good time, and um, you know. As a kid, like, that's really all you want is, like, the action. There was cool character beats. Um, you could root for the bad guy. Um, yeah. It was a good time. Young Guns. Quite a cast, too, man. Yeah. Quite the cast. Um, number four, I'm going to go. This is another one that I feel weird putting on this list because I also categorize it with uh, epics. Okay. But I'm going to go with Dances with Wolves.
1: Ooh, okay. I, oh, I
0: re-watched that. this for the first time since I was a child. Um, I remember watching it at the Meninas house. So I had to have been like around 10. Um, so I haven't watched it in 20 years. And uh, around December, January, when that awful flu was going around, I, I watched it. And um, my God, I really liked it. I really, there's some problematic stuff in it, but for the, for the most part, the cinematography, the pace of it, uh, the Buffalo Hunt. Holy crap. It was just... It was large-scale filmmaking. Um, and there's no CGI. It's just good acting. It's good sets. It's good stunt work. Um, really checked all the boxes for me. It was good. It was really good. It's fucking Kevin Costner. you got to deal with Kevin Costner for a little bit. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but for the most part it's like It's so good It's so good um, But you gotta be in the mood For that kind of a paced movie You know what I mean yeah. Highly recommend though Highly recommend Nice um, I don't think I've seen yeah. that one,
1: dude I not You've never seen, seen Dances with Wolves? I don't think so no, no. I wanna watch it now I should just have a westerns week I just watch all westerns this week
0: <laughs> That's a good call
1: I might do the same Probably won't But I
0: should <laughs> Um, <laughs> number three. I also have a John Wayne in my in my Ooh. third slot. Okay, but I have the Searchers, John Ford. Ooh, okay. Nineteen like fifty six. I want to say um, this is one of the most beautifully shot films ever made. It's got the famous shot, the opening shot, the camera dollies in as the the wife or aunt or whatever is opening up the cabin door and so you're you know it's darkness darkness she opens up the door and you see the sliver and then the camera moves out and you see the entire monument valley vista and it is gorgeous it is so money and they close the film out very much in the same way with john wayne walking away um and it's the story of john wayne's this uh soldier who returns back to his family after the civil war kind of disgraced shady past Um, and then Native Americans attack and leave everyone dead except for his niece so he journeys for years searching for his niece Um, and it's uh, it's a movie that kind of starts to confront um, racism and stuff and you know Hollywood hadn't, especially in the 50s and before that, John Ford had been making Westerns with John Wayne since 1939, you know, and the movies could be callous towards race and racism and very, you know, flippant, you know, and of the day with it. And this is the first one where it kind of starts to challenge not only the viewer, but the main character that John Wayne is playing. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's a really interesting, you know, wonderful movie. Um, If not a bit uncomfortable with, you know, some of its, uh, the, the way it handles the racism, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, but it's 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 a well-made picture. It's a beautiful picture. Um, you know, I own it on Blu-ray and it's like just, I'll throw it on mute and just like take it in. It's really, really gorgeous. One of my, I think one of the most beautiful, beautiful movies ever made. Um, <laughs> number two, I'm going to go with uh, Sam Raimi's The Quick and the Dead. Ooh! I love, I love this movie. It's a good movie. <laughs> it's an it's another one where I'm like, I know it's not like the best thing ever, but it's so much fun. It's,
1: it's a good one, yeah. And
0: you 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 have Russell Crowe's first ever role. You've got an early Leo DiCaprio. You've got Gene Hackman. You've got Sharon Stone. Yeah, uh, the cast too. You've got so many good people, um, and like all these guest stars come out too. You know, to like because it's all built around this town that has like a quick draw competition. Um, or a dueling competition. So all these people are coming in from out of town and it's so much fun. It's, um, and you know, it's, you want, like Sam Raimi shoots a movie, you know, they they refer to his style as, you know, virtuosic or whatever. But um, yeah, the way he zings the camera and, you know, and you're just like, this guy cares about the process. You know what I mean? Like you don't, like it takes so long to set up camera setups and these movements happen split second. That shot probably took all freaking day. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, try to get that. Yeah, yeah. And it's a split second, but it makes the audience feel something. So, yes, we're going to spend that much time getting it yeah. right. Like, it's amazing. And he does it here. Um, it's a fun movie. I really like it's such a good movie. I got to I got a good movie.
1: Yeah, that's, that's wonderful. It's kind of one of early. Yeah. Early Sam Raimi, too, which is cool. Yeah. yeah. Obviously, pre pre Spider-Man, all that. So,
0: Yeah. Oh it Ooh. probably 95?
1: 90, yeah, it's like, yeah. 90, yeah
0: like something mid-90s. like that. Yeah. Um, number one. What's your number one? Tombstone.
1: Oh, I know. Kurt yeah. Russell is Wyatt <laughs> Earp. Yeah, Tombstone. It's dude. <laughs> so
0: good. It is so good. And it's Especially the only Kurt Western. <laughs> Kurt Russell is phenomenal. <laughs> um, you tell him if I see a red bandana, they're dead um, you know like um, he is otherworldly in this movie and it's the only western I think where the actors actually look like they lived in the out west you know what I mean like they're Kurt Russell doesn't look like Kurt Russell he looks freaking emaciated because that's what people looked like back then because no one knew how to eat properly um, and they're in the freaking desert you know what I mean like um so it's just it's so it feels authentic, even if it does take some liberties with the truth uh here and there. It feels super authentic and um it's got heart, it's got story, it's got character, um, and it's got just a lot of fun as well. Um Yeah, I, I really, I really love Tombstone.
1: Tombstone It's a long one, but it's a good one. Man, yeah, I could just pick picture Kurt Russell right now. <laughs>
0: with that wonderful mustache. That is one yeah. of that that mustache is so underrated.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Kurt Russell. I was looking through well, a list of uh like western films like just before the show and I have not seen um I don't know if you would consider it a western. Uh what's the I guess it's Tarantino I guess it's Tarantino universe. Hatefully. Hateful Eight. I haven't seen Hateful Eight. I yet. saw it. Yeah,
0: it wouldn't make my top five.
1: Kurt Russell's in that though, right?
0: He's he's in it. Uh, can I tell you kind of a it's minor, minor spoilery story? It's cool. It's cool. Okay, yeah. cool. So, is it? I it's been. I haven't seen it since it came out on streaming or whatever. I didn't go to the theaters yet, but. Jennifer Jason Lee is an outlaw that I think everyone wants to bring in or something like that to claim the bounty, I think. Kurt Russell is either one of those guys or he's an outlaw. I forget. Anyway, it doesn't matter. They don't like each other. That's the point. And in one scene, she's playing an acoustic guitar, and it's a Martin. And Martin guitars had lent this authentic, 1800s acoustic guitar to the Whoa. production. What? From from their private vault, you know. There's like none of these left because it's from 1860 something. And uh, Jennifer Jason Leigh was playing it and Kurt Russell was so in character that he grabbed the guitar and started smashing it. And uh, Jennifer Jason Leigh apparently her reaction to the movie is no, don't, don't, don't. And that is real because That's, she knew
1: oh, and he
0: did not God. know he did That's not fucking know real dude and i guess Whoa. afterwards martin guitar was like we're never ever lending out a guitar on for a for a movie production ever again
1: oh my gosh yeah it's terrible you gotta like Isn't disclose that, that you gotta disclose that stuff with your come on come on man yeah wild we're talking about we're talking about like a tarantino production here you gotta discuss that kind of shit gets crazy she goes, Man, wow. That's terrible. That's crazy. That's crazy that I mean a guitar. They've had a guitar like that. I'm sure they have the yeah. others in their vault. But that's fucking. That's crazy. <sighs> Could that's you imagine? Music. Oh, so when I watch that movie and see that scene, <laughs> it's going to be a different feeling on that one.
0: That's but, a long
1: one too. That's a freaking three hour well, movie. It's like come on. Um, I th- I feel like someone told me so. It's on. It's I think it's on Netflix, and I think you can watch it. They like split it up into parts. Yeah. yeah. So um I might do it like that and and watch it. But um, I'm looking uh, so far my what I'm, what I'm like to watch these days is uh it's it's now boiled down to like really short season shows or just single form movies or whatever. So Hateful yeah. Eight would be perfect for me right now cuz
0: There you go. Yeah, do it. Do it up. Do that yes. shit.
1: I like it's I like good. your list dude. I westerns uh I like yours. It's uh, I don't know. It's it's. I don't know if you have the same film when, uh, when we're like younger, right? I always feel like westerns and like cowboys and you know, and especially Red Dead Redemption. You know, it's like the fantasy of, of being a cowboy and and gun a gunslinger has always been around. You know, I think for yeah. especially for us, I feel. But um, yeah, those movies are always pretty cool. I'm I'm actually, you know, I wonder where I guess to preface maybe the future of Western films. And I guess the, the genre of that, you know, I wonder where it's going to go in the next few years. If, uh, you know, if they're going to continue to kind of make Western movies in that kind of arrow time period. And we, we
0: get a Western every now and then, um, in some, you know, they're, they're, unfortunately they cost a lot of money now because it's a period piece and it's all this, not that it wasn't then, but like, um, Back in the day, at the, at their height, cowboy. What we're experiencing right now with superhero movies is what it was like with westerns. A movie, B movie, didn't matter. Um, there was a ton of westerns, and then, um, maybe you could credit a bit of uh, Star Wars with that kind of just dying out. You know, past the sixties, yeah. seventies, the the western kind of dies a really slow death, and you know, it's just kind of gone. Um, but we do get them every once in a while. We got, you know, 310 to Yuma. I mean that we're talking, this is 15 years ago now, but I mean, we, you know, bone time we've gotten, you know, it's, it's finding life elsewhere, you know, godless on Netflix, right? Uh, TV show, but it was conceived as a film like you know people still want to make westerns and i think people still want to see westerns just not as much as they they once did yeah it's crazy yeah, i agree cool it's cool Some nuts <laughs> jonathan do you have a list this evening that you would possibly yeah want to share
1: uh still in the gaming mood here um joy what are your top five co-op games slash multiplayer games could be anything i mean pretty much the gaming wonderful can buddy
0: okay <laughs> man um i tried to go a little outside the box for this one okay um or at least because there's ones that would be very obvious and near and dear to me but I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to expand my horizons a bit um having said that number five is not expanding my horizons very much but uh mario kart 8 oh, i think eight. out of all the mario karts 8 might be my favorite that's a good it's one very good i saw all
1: the classic f- tracks too It's
0: got everything. It's really good. It's a lot of fun. Um, Excuse me. I enjoy it. I enjoy it quite a bit. Mark, out 8, everyone. 8. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Number four, I'm going to go Donkey Kong Country. You ever played Donkey Kong Country co-op? I I have not. I've not. No. So someone can control, like, Diddy. Is it someone can control Diddy, or is it, like, if Donkey (coughs) gets killed? Bless you. Diddy takes over and then the other person gets to play. I think that's how it is.
1: That's how it, works. it was fun.
0: Okay. It's a lot of fun. Um, another game very much in the same vein. Number three on my list. Sonic 2.
1: Ooh, man. I didn't think of freaking Sonic. Oh, I, damn. That's a good one. You know, Sonic is such a good like multi-player Sonic and Tails.
0: Sonic 2, the re- really the secret, secret weapon, I stuttered there, but listen to me, um, the secret weapon of Sonic 2 was if you had Sonic and Knuckles cartridge, and you could put Sonic and 2 on top of Sonic and Knuckles, and you That's could play right. Sonic 2 as Knuckles. It was revolutionary. It was amazing. That is my favorite Sonic game to this day, Sonic 2 as Knuckles, because he can climb. I can climb. Um... <laughs> Number two, I'm gonna go NFL Blitz. Yo, yes, NFL Blitz is just a good time. That is a fun, fun time.
1: I like the the. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, <laughs> you paused for a second. Um, yeah, I always love the the like just tackling. You could just do some extreme tackling <sighs> stuff yeah, in there. Yeah, it was a little, a little ridiculous. Did they ever yeah. remake that game? I felt like that's a, that's a game they could totally remake. No. Dude, they should totally Did we talk that.
0: about this recently? I feel like I was talking about this with someone recently, that they need to do a remaster of NFL Blitz.
1: I know, because I mean like, it's in light of all the I guess the Tony Hawk like remastered, like I'm so man. buying that. You know what I mean? So it's like Blitz, if that came out, I would totally get that. Heck yeah. Here's and the thing for that reason. Games. Yeah.
0: This is what we need we need with games like movies. It doesn't matter. Like, it does matter. What am I trying to say here? (laughs) Just because, like, a game was made for the PS3 doesn't mean it's still good, or not that it's not good anymore when the PS5 comes out. We should still be able to play games from older generations with our, you know what I mean? It's such a bummer. It's such a bummer. I'm a
1: huge proponent of the the remaster stuff i actually played uncharted this yeah. the the, la, the trilogy uncharted on ps4 it's like remastered and it was still the same experience i felt but like with the remaster it looks pretty good and but nice. yeah being allowed to do that and like i guess keep the i guess yeah keep gaming alive like previous generations of gaming alive and and having people experience those games again right i think that's like yeah the main thing you know so, which I'm hoping the new PlayStation is. I think it's supposed to be backwards compatible. To some, degree. I hear, I hear. So that would be great.
0: <laughs> are you gonna are you gonna
1: get it? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I I didn't buy my PlayStation Four until like how many years after it came out? Like, you know, I did wait. Um, yeah. Probably one because of money reasons, but two, it's just you know, there's more games out and.
0: Uh, yeah. But
1: what I've seen as far as like what it games could look like on it, yeah, that's that's the next that's the next level right there. So
0: Definitely um, I bought but, my PS4 on launch night and that was such a mistake. Um there's no games I wanted. So I had this four hundred dollar piece of hardware sitting around and all it could do was stream or do Blu rays. Um you know, I I, I don't need it. Right off the I bat. Think, but I, I do the, want it as a Blu-ray player because yeah. those are my Blu-ray players. You know, it's an excuse to be like, all right, I'll get the disc version. I'll get my games streaming or, or in the cloud or whatever, but I'll at least have a, a Blu-ray player in this.
1: You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm glad they still support that that model, I guess. Like the, you know, it keeps like the, kind of the, those generation of gamers, you know, still intact with uh, that kind of backwards compatibility. Blu-ray discs, discs, and downloads, um, downloads, downloads. Yeah, my my reason. I, I, I probably just got two... it go for it. Oh, I was gonna say uh, my reason I'll probably buy it is uh, Cyberpunk twenty twenty seven, I think, or twenty seventy seven, or With whatever. Which what uh, Yeah, I mean, he's one of the like guest appearance uh, people, but yeah, it, it looks. Oh, I thought he was like the game. I I don't know. I mean, he. I guess I, I don't know. Like, but the the game itself, uh, it's like gta and the blade runner world um that's fun yeah it's getting a, it's it's getting a lot of hype i would say um and it's definitely going to be it's gonna be released on playstation 4 but also it's gonna be on 5 and i think if that game um exceeds the ex- expectations of what everyone's kind of looking for on that um then i think it'll be it's gonna be really cool and i, I think that might be one of the reasons why i'll go next console if anything, but anyways,
0: <laughs> admirable. admirable, admirable reasoning. I like um, it. Yeah, you ready for no. my number one?
1: Yeah, what's your number one, dude? I'm, I'm kind of curious. Uh, here we go. This we is go. where
0: I, I, I'm not outside the box whatsoever. Super <laughs> Smash Brothers Melee. Out oh, of I all can. the Super Smash Brothers, yeah. Melee is my fave. Uh, I think it's got the best physics. It's got the right amount of characters. The right amount of uh platforms or or levels or whatever you want to call it um stages, but uh yeah, I love it, and it's a game that came out right in the sweet spot for my age of gaming, you know what I mean, like we had just gotten a gamecube this was the game um everyone had it, everyone would go to each other's houses with their controller and throw down, and it was so much fun yeah um there there are my co-op games. <laughs> Dear imaginary audience,
1: I like it. Some Nintendo titles in there. Thank you. Yes. Thank yeah. you. Yes. <laughs> I like it, dude. Yeah, the I'm excited uh, to hear yours. Man, I, I've been. I'm kind of like I've got a I've got a lot of backups or uh, like six, Ooh. seven, eights on here. So <laughs> I'm gonna switch mine around a little bit here. Um, I did have I did have Smash Brothers on here, and I did put melee. So I'm gonna. I'm gonna take that one off. I had it pretty high up the list though. Um, Yeah? How high? uh, Like two. Two on there. Yeah, Um, that's fair. So, and I did have Mario Kart, but as my one. That was my one.
0: Did you? I'm so sorry. And I put it at five. What an asshole. No.
1: Well, I I had Mario Kart. I guess I got the, gosh, I put the 64 version. But you're you're right. I think if I was gonna like if I was gonna agree with you on your list as far as like I think that that version of Mario Kart, Mario Kart eight, is the pinnacle of Mario Kart. It has everything it's it really it good. can be in there. And um uh, here's the the guilt the the part that I'm embarrassed to say. I've played that game many times, but I don't own it. And that I, I don't know why I don't own it. But uh it's still sixty dollars. I mean uh, that's the one, my it's only, a, it's pricey, yeah. one gripe with Nintendo at the moment is all their games that came out, like when it launched, actually that game's even older cause it's on, on well, it's, uh, it's
0: their Nintendo titles. That's why, you know what I mean? You're paying for their software. You're not only paying for their hardware, you were paying for their software. So they're going to, and they to- know it
1: t- totally, you right know what I mean? That <laughs> yeah. is why
0: they get by and they're able to continue doing what they're doing. So like, yeah, full price for a fucking Nintendo game.
1: So eventually I'm going to I'm gonna bite that bullet because it, it is such a fun game. And it's like, you know, I was talking to my roommates and they were like, you know, one of my roommates is interested in getting a Nintendo Switch. And I was like, yeah, it, it, it's so worth it because of those games. Like, they're just so much fun to play. And just getting excited, like, about, like, Mario Kart still is, like, so fun. And um, especially being stuck inside and, and, you know, not being able to socialize and, public places these days you know video games has become kind of a yeah you know, yeah you know, a good escape and a good place to do it and i think uh mario kart's like the perfect co-op game it's so fun it's so fun it's, it's racing so fun. you know it's uh, it's all that and of course it has yeah it's got drifting it's, and no matter what skill set or what skill level you're at i feel like you could pick it up and just have a good time still and i think that's why it's become one of my favorite games to play with with other people too you know like it's such a good yeah. fun game to play with other people so so that's why it's on my number 1 and i i, I think uh I like yeah i think um Mario Kart will always be there
0: fantastic
1: yeah so uh for we'll go back down here i'm going to go um number 5 i'm going to go rocket league which uh Ooh. i have on the switch as well and it's a very interesting game. When I first, uh, I think I played this on the PlayStation 3 or some, or 4 like a while back. But um, it's pretty much, uh, you can play pretty much any kind of like sports game. Uh, there's like basketball, soccer, um, hockey, and a few other random ones in there. But it's pretty much that concept but you're in cars and you're like driving these like super powered cars and you would have to like hit the ball with the car, but also you can like do these boosts and stuff. And it's, it's so wacky and ridiculous because you could just see the car just like you could, your car could like go upside down and like launch and do all these crazy maneuvers. And there's like weird gravity modes. You can, you know, there's all these different things you can, you know, to change the, the way the game is played and it's, it's so fun and wacky. And I think it's a perfect kind of little icebreaker game. And um, uh, if you understand some of these, you know the concepts of like soccer and you know kind of those sports, you can kind of easily adapt to it. And um, I think it's a fun kind of game, and it's yeah, the replay value is pretty high because you could just sit back and try a different you know sport game or whatever. And there's different downloads too. I actually downloaded the um, the Delorean on there. They have the Delorean, which is super cool. So you can just, like, Fucking (laughs) catnip
0: for Sean Day. Uh, Oh, yeah.
1: For sure. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, Rocket League, which is... uh, I'm currently playing on the Switch right now. Very cool. So, yeah. Um, Number five. Uh, Number four. This is actually uh, one I've been enjoying uh, quite a bit, too. And it's a fairly... It maybe came out a couple years ago. A fairly new game. It's called Unravel um, 2. So the second one... So it's it's kind of like um, a side-scroller puzzle game. Um, similar to, I guess, with PlayStation, it would be... Uh, what was the, the uh, Little Big Planet? Like, kind of similar yes. to that? Um, That's but,
0: exactly where my mind went, yeah.
1: Yeah, so it's kind of like those types of puzzles. But in this one, it's, you're playing this like this ball of like animated yarn, and it looks like a person. And in, the, in version 2, the second one, they have these two characters um, made of ball of yarn. And uh, you have to kind of traverse these different, you know, areas and using your yarn to like, you know, throw a, a yarn string and to climb things or uh, the cool, di- uh, the cool mechanic they have with the characters is you can join each other like they can become one ball of yarn. That sounds dirty. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know as I'm like <laughs> showing it with my hands. Um, but yeah, it's it's really I want to cool. play this game. It's, it's it's interesting. And, you know, if, unravel if it, too. OK yeah and it's it's you know it's a it's a one of those like independent gaming companies and again it's you know if it's it's not as intense as some of these other games and i think it's a one of those games if you want to just sit down and just kind of you know solve some problems and stuff and you can play it co-op like with two people playing the two characters or you can play it yourself and kind of control both characters but that's um, cool i found it really kind of meditative and i've actually enjoyed it playing Ooh. it these this last year so uh, yeah, i two. too. I, I like know.
0: it. I like it, Sean. Today, um, very cool. Oh, so I got two more.
1: Number three, got I've, more. I've got a, a sports game. I'm not a huge sports game guy, but you got one on your list too. Okay. Uh, it's the it's the FIFA series, dude. I always love. Dude, playing
0: I almost put FIFA. Yeah,
1: FIFA, dude. FIFA's so much fun, and we've played a, a few, you know, renditions of it. Yeah. I feel.
0: FIFA I actually twelve have a, back in the day, dude.
1: Yeah, twelve. That was like that was probably the the last good one like and uh, you know i haven't played the recent ones but like uh i always find it pretty interesting to play especially soccer you know playing the like the, the field and we used to play soccer in school and stuff and um it's fun i don't i don't know and it's again kind of you know uh, i guess with sports games it's you know it's just kind of you get into the game and you kind of uh you know there's not a huge I guess in comparison to a lot of, like, story-based games, you know, you're very delved into the story and the lore and stuff. And, you know, it's kind of a nice one-off game to play. And, um, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of fun. Always always liked FIFA. Two, yeah, 12 is, was, yeah, that was probably my Oh, that was one. a time. That was a time. That was a time, dude. We were playing that, too. Uh, yeah, FIFA. I guess the FIFA, FIFA series. FIFA
0: Las Vegas. What? Yeah,
1: FIFA. FIFA Las Vegas. Yes. Yeah. Um, so for number two, I got a classic one. It's uh the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh I guess the I don't know Yo. which one it is. I played the arcade game when, like a yeah. while back. Um This was probably the most co-op game I could think of. Uh I mean, there's a, there's some other games like I mean we've talked about Goldeneye and I I, I was thinking that should have been on my list too but um, that would
0: you know but that just take everyone knows and it takes up a slot so it's yeah. like you know
1: but I'd rather maybe talk about
0: games that we don't get to talk about
1: maybe the comparison to that though is that feeling of playing the game and playing like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles where it's like you are playing with your friends you're all you're all you know in it together. Um, if you play the arcade version and the, you know, the arcades, it's, it's so much fun. Cause you're just sitting there like, you know, trying to, <laughs> you're trying to, you know, you're button smashing all day and, um, it's, it's so much fun. And yeah, I, I remember playing those games and I, I remember, I think I played on like some of the Super Nintendo uh, Ninja Turtle games on the Super Nintendo. And then those like the arcade games they had. And then I guess recently, I think it was like, I was at E3 last year and, um, they had this company, I gotta, oh man, I'll have to find a link to it, because maybe we can um, tag them on this, but um, the mini arcade has become, like, the thing um, in the last few years of building little mini arcade machines. Really? And, yeah, and they had that, like, classic Ninja Turtles, uh, so, like, That's it was, cool. I don't know if it, I, I mean, the size is, it's not, like, miniature, like, it was, you know, a pretty decent size, but it had all four, but like, like, a tabletop. You know? Yeah, tabletop. But it had, like, all four player, like, joystick controllers. You know, That's super cool. That is super so cool. So you can play on there. And I forgot how, like, tiring those games are when you're on that. But it's no matter how tiring or how many times you're hitting the buttons, it's so much fun to play. And it's it's uh, especially if you have, you know, if you're playing with a few friends or whatever, you know, being just being there, like, crammed up together on a arcade machine, you know, it's, like, different dynamic. And the same for these console games, you know, being in the same room together and like, you know, kind of doing that. And that's what I, I, you know, I, I do play some multiplayer games and, you know, maybe not as much as I used to. And, um, you know, you still get that feeling, I guess, when you're playing over like Bluetooth or whatever. And, but there's nothing like playing, like being over at your friend's house and like playing, you know, games and, you know, you you have just, it's just like a, just totally different thing. And, um, I think that, that game gives me that feeling all, all most of the time. So, and I, and I guess the same could be said for my number one, would be like, you know, uh, Mario Kart, right? It's just that feeling of, you know, being in a room together, playing games with people, um, that just that kind of like communal, like joy you get out of uh, playing video games. So, yeah, those are my lists. That's a great list, my friend. Thanks, That's Steve. That's a great list,
0: my friend. Yes. <laughs> this was fun. Westerns, co op games.
1: Yeah. What Western. other show?
0: What other show what, you're what gonna get show, that guys. blend of content? <laughs> this show. This show, y'all. This show. Jonathan, do you have anything you'd like to share with our dear sweet lovely imaginary audience this week?
1: Uh yeah, I uh I'm always watching stuff and I always like to share it on the show. So um I watched this sh- uh f- it's only one season. It's on HBO, I guess Max right now. Um it's called The Outsider. Um, which is a, another Stephen King, uh, kind of based, uh, universe. And, uh, uh, it's got Ben Middleson, uh, Jason Bateman, actually Jason Bateman actually, uh, directed like the first two episodes in the season, which was interesting. Interesting, Yeah. And he, he played, uh, one of the characters in the show as well. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a kind of like very Stephen King, um, without giving away anything, I guess it's, uh, you know, it's about like a town and, you know, some kid gets murdered. Um, and then there's a, a few supernatural elements that kind of makes into it later on. So very Stephen King. Um, but yeah, I was looking for a kind of a, you know, nice little one season. I'm not really sure if they're going to do a second season. Um, but it wraps
0: up, it puts a bow on it.
1: Kinda yeah I mean it's, All I guess right, it's so weird. there could
0: absolutely be a sequel if if it wanted to be
1: yeah and you know what i cool. I, I enjoyed it uh and I think it's uh you know i uh, that's kind of the, st- the stuff i've been in I, I've realized that the kind of shows I'm into now are just kind of like mysterious and and weird because <laughs> you know I, I i don't i don't I don't like the real world <laughs> so um, but Old buddy. <laughs> just just kidding just kidding y'all. Uh but uh, I mean no, that's what who liked that, us? I mean that's what that's what TV shows are for and you know I always tend to gravitate towards the mysterious and, and the supernatural because you know that's you know, we hope we hope that's you know, you never know what's out there these days. And uh um yeah, so yeah, check it out. It's yeah, called The Outsider one season came out this this year. I think it came out in, like a couple months ago and um yeah, it's a pretty fun show. Pretty cool cool. wonderful hbo max hbo
0: max i'm to no, check that out maybe probably not um uh, <laughs> but maybe just cuz i'm i can't follow through i uh, not because i'm not interested just cuz i i can't follow through
1: it's tough man you know what I'm saying? i i've i can't watch anything anymore dude that's why i had to pick something real quick i watched black mirror uh, the late, no, you don't night.
0: get two. No, I'm just kidding. You absolutely wa- get two. No, no I, I
1: mean, I just, like, I stopped watching Black Mirror, and I was like, well, these episodes are, like, one one hour each, so and they're different, so that will hold me over for a bit. Oh, um, But, you know, there's a lot of shows out there, like five, six seasons, and, I, you know, they could be really good shows. I'd watch Breaking Bad again, and I still couldn't finish the whole series because it's just so long. You know what I mean? So... But
0: you were enjoying it
1: so much. I know. Yeah, I don't know. That's just me these days. That's, no, that's, I couldn't that's, even that's, get through
0: one season of Sopranos.
1: Oh, Dude, that's unfortunately the re- you know with media these days. That's we have too much, too much stuff. To too everyone's. much, too much. Make yeah, it stop. Yeah. Make it stop. But anyways, anyways, Joey, what, what do you got to share this week?
0: So when I was down in Los Altos getting my typewriter repaired, um, I discovered a delightful little creamery. It was called. Tin pot creamery. Uh, and I guess there's some around. I guess it's like a, a franchise or whatever. Um, but I had one of the best chocolate chip cookies of my life, dude. Ooh, chocolate
1: chip cookies. Yeah.
0: So I'm just shouting them out. Really loved chocolate chip cookie. Excuse me. I might drive down to Los Altos just to get more of that. Um, yeah. I do have a big show announcement. Um, next week, we have scheduled. Hopefully, uh, we, we this this happens. Um, but we have the Three Friends podcast joining us next week um, for for some special, maybe Criterion themed lists. Maybe I don't know. Maybe it's a surprise. Maybe it's not. I don't know. <laughs> um, but I'm very, very, very excited. Uh, we've talked about having these guys on the show for years now. Um, I've been on their show a couple times and it's such a good time. I'm sad that we won't get to do it in person, but we're going to do it on here. so they're going to be, you're going to get to see the three friends. I don't know. I don't think, um, I don't think they, we, you get to usually see them on their show. So that will be fun. Um, it's gonna be a good time i'm excited Are you excited? I'm, I'm, excited I'm really
1: excited for that it's been a minute since we have a guest on our show so i think we'll be doing yeah. more more of those and um three fans yeah we we always shout out those guys and you know really happy to to have them on and i can't wait to actually yeah talk to these guys it's gonna be, it's gonna be fun it's
0: gonna be fun it's gonna be a lot of fun
1: <laughs> i am stoked i'm so stoked <laughs>
0: stoked um seanathan I'm Jonathan. Yes Thank you Thank you for acknowledging yes. me Yes uh, <laughs> Where can we find more of your work on the internet this week my friend
1: You guys can find me at uh, Instagram At music And on my website SeanDayMusic.net That's a little shondae ASMR for you guys There you go <laughs> Oh Ooh, Okay Can I try Oh, yes. Do it. Do it. In my ear. Okay.
0: You can check out me on Twitter at Joey Brody and on my website, joybrodyscrips.com. You can check out the show at Top5Pod. That's D-O-P-F-I-V-E-5-P-O-D on Instagram, on Twitter, on YouTube, and at gmail.com. And on Facebook at top 5 Podcasts. We're on Apple Music, Google Play, and SoundCloud. So please give us a like, give us a listen, give us a follow, give us your love, and we will give you...
1: All that gunslinging love in return <laughs> All that
0: gunslinging love in return Until next time I'm Joey Parati.
1: And I'm Sean Day, Day. Day. go shades off
0: (laughs) we could we could do
1: oh my god it's so bright (laughs) it's so bright Uh, actually honestly it's kind of nice i don't have to you don't have to get self-conscious of where you're staring that's that's a thing
0: (laughs) the shades were definitely a distraction